Hey, welcome to the Lifehouse Newport News podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring life change through Christ to all people. And we believe that happens when people say yes to Jesus, do life together, get in the game, and leave a legacy. We hope this podcast inspires and challenges you to grow in your faith. Subscribe to ensure you don't miss a single episode and share it with someone you know who may need it. Again, thank you for joining us today. Now let's get to this week's episode. money and have a better marriage and have better relationships and do all of of these other things let me encourage you and that my heart and that my hope would be at the top of your list would just be the simple prayer of God I just want to know you more I, I just want to know you more that honestly it, it like it you know even you know that even your heart's cry would be, no, no matter what happens out here, I, I pray that in here, by the end of this year, I would know you more. Because it's wild how you can have the worst year financially, vocationally, relationally, maritally, whatever other illy you want to put in there, but if, I, but, if, but if at the end of the year you can say I'm closer to Jesus, more closer to him at the end than I was at the beginning, it's worth it. And, and really that, that is, is why even when, when I was praying about what to start this, this year off with, with a sermon series, messages and things like that, I just felt it to call it the best year ever, which is kind of like teenage, you know, best year ever, you know, it's like. But, but honestly, even when I say that, many of you have a different interpretation of what that even means. Because for you, you think that means growing in your marriage or growing your business. And it's going to be the best year ever or you're going to grow your finances or you're going you, you know, you're, you're to grow something like that. And I'm praying that that stuff does grow. But my context, when I talk about it, when I say the best year ever, what I'm saying is I hope that God just doesn't work around you. God works within you. And, and that it will be the best year ever as he does a work, not just around you, but as he does a work within you. And really even the sermon title today is best year ever, the, the work within. And really that is what I'm praying for and believing for that as a church, as we go into this brand new year, I pray God blesses you. I pray you get more money. I pray you get sexier. I pray you drop those pounds. I pray you, you, you get all the stuff that matters to you. But what, my, what matters to me in your life is that God works within you. And you just don't change things around you, but you're changed within because you're becoming more like Jesus. So that is my heart, my prayer. As we dive into God's word today, I want us to say a quick corporate prayer and then we are going to dive into God's word today. And so, so right on the screen behind me, um, corporate, corporate prayer. We're going to pray, pray that, and then we're going to dive into God's word. And simply this, this prayer 
is, is simply a prayer of reception to where we prepare our hearts to receive God's word. Then we're going to read uh, the, the scripture text for today. But if you don't mind, lift up hands just, just as being in a posture of reception. And if you would pray this with me, I'm going to start off and join in with me. Would you pray this? Spirit of God, open up my ears to hear, my eyes to see, my mind to understand and my heart to discern what you want to speak to me today. You have my full attention. Amen. Amen. And now we're going to actually read read together. You're not going to read it, but, but, but I'm going to read it to you, our scripture text for today. So we're doing something we've never done before in the history of Lifehouse Church. We're doing what is called, what is called expository messages, which is where we go through a book of the Bible verse by verse. Some of y'all are like, oh my God, that sounds so boring. Okay, no, it's, it's absolutely not. It's, I, I, I seriously think that, that, that you are going to enjoy it, love it, and we're going to see God's word in a brand new light. But So the first book of the Bible that we're going to walk through together is the book of Philippians. And so we're going to actually uh, um, read today chapter 1 verses 1 through 8 and really some background real quick of this book so Paul who was an apostle who, who had a deep encounter with God wrote this from prison in about AD 62 was what scholars say so it's about 30 years after Jesus lived wrote it from prison a unique point about this book is that there's only 104 verses in this book but the word rejoice or joy is mentioned 16 times so this is actually called the book of joy which is actually weird because it was written from prison which kind of showed that Paul's joy his, his his joy in his life was not circumstantial it was based in what Jesus had done for him and so really and that even fits in why this best year ever is because we believe that God's going to be working within not just around you so, okay, let's go ahead and, and put that on the screen, and we're going to read that. This is what it says. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. He says this. Every time I think of you, and he's talking about the church there, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with what? Joy. For you have been my partners. Everyone say partners. Partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time we first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor. Everyone say favor. Favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, would you speak to us today? Bless your word. We love you and thank you. And God, please help the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are terrible, and they need all the help they can get. Would you help them? In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said. Amen, amen. Please turn and give someone uh, whatever you feel comfortable with, a COVID handshake, a COVID high five, but, but, but just turn, greet somebody, and tell them that you are so glad to be in church with them today. Man. 
Well, happy New Year. Life. What? Man, thank you. Thank you, Carrie. Blazing Rock. I appreciate that. Uh, okay, uh, Lifehouse Youth. If you are here today, you can be free to go to Theater 20. If you have a student in the 6th to 12th grade, they have their service time going on right, uh, right now in Theater 20. You can go ahead, make your way there. It's going to be a great time for our students. But Happy New Year, Lifehouse family. So I did something New Year's Eve that I haven't done in years. I stayed up late. Like, I don't know about y'all, but I, I typically go to bed about 9, 9.30, and it's like clock, clockwork. Like, my wife knows if I don't sleep, I am not a Christian. Like, sleep and Christian go hand in hand for this guy, okay? Um, and, and, and when I get really tired, I start doing weird yawns. Anybody else there? Like, instead of the like, ooh, I'm like, like, it's the weirdest thing. Like, that's how, I, that's how I know I'm, like, drop dead tired. So anyway, right, we, we, had, we had people over New Year's Eve, and we were excited. And, you know, we're like, all right, you know what, we, we had, like, 16 people over. You know, we're going to hang out, chill, and, and we're going to watch the ball drop. When it was all said and done, we had six of us there. <laughs> the old people left. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, well, actually, that's, that's actually true. The older people left. People with kids left. And it was just... Me and uh, it, w- it was Kristen. It was Kristen and myself and two other couples, and we were sitting there. And y'all, like your boy, was struggling. Like it's 11:45. We trying to wait for the ball to drop, and all I can think about is hitting the pillow. Like, you know. So anyway, right? The ball drops. We get excited. We hang out some more. We end up going to bed about one o'clock, and getting up the next Saturday at about 10. And ever since, like, so here's the thing, right? I've never been hungover. I don't say that pride. I don't say that pridefully. <laughs> I just say that as I've never been hungover. But I would imagine if this is it, the way that I felt waking up at 10 o'clock on New Year's Day, it felt like I was hungover. I mean, I had, fog, I had foggy brain, fog, foggy mind, and I can still feel that now. My head's still got this kind of like little dinging headache. So this could be the best message I've ever preached or the worst. So I'm just preparing you right now uh, to, to say if I start going off on some tangent, I'll come back. Just give me time. I'm still recovering from New Year's Eve, okay? All right, everyone good? All right, so one quick announcement. First off, we have our 21 days of prayer and fasting coming up soon. No one cares. Okay, great. I mean, you know, (laughs) fasting is that kind of like word in church. The F word in church is fasting, right? It's it's, it's like people can talk about it. People People don't really like it, but honestly, y'all, this 21 days of prayer and, and fasting is, we look forward to it each year. It's one of the best, best ways to begin a, a brand new year, and I would say if you call LifeHouse your home church, even if you don't, man, join in with us on this prayer and fasting journey. The best way to join in with that is to text fasting to 757-690-2401. Uh, when, when you sign up, we're going to send you a prayer and fasting guide. We, we've actually put together a, and written 21 devotionals for each day with prayer points for each day and so we would love for you to join up with us and let us know that you are participating in this because i'm you know i sincerely believe that the work that god's going to do within you this is going to be the start of that that you're going to make room and prepare the way for what god wants to do in you this year so our sermon title today is called the work within the work within i want to talk to you about the work that i feel god wants to do this year in in you, and it's going to be starting 
within you. But I want to talk to you really quick, though, about why we are doing or possibly the benefits of doing expository preaching. And when I say expository, like I said, it means we're going to go verse by verse through, through, through a book of the Bible. And I just want to give you a few thoughts of why I think this is going to be important to us and why I think you're going to benefit from it. Number one, the Bible is timeless and timely. The Bible is timeless and timely. I think sometimes we can have the view of the Bible was just a story about weird people 2,000 years back, and what happened then has nothing to apply to. Now, y'all, let's just be candid. The, the Bible did not just happen. It happens. It's a story of humanity. It's a story of how people, like the story Adam and Eve, right? Like that story didn't just happen. It happens to us all the time. Wow. Because it's like, you know, and we can even bash Adam and and. Eve. We can say, well, if I was them, I would have never taken the fruit. Yeah, well, maybe Satan would have used a different temptation. Maybe he would have used a relationship. Maybe he would have used a dollar bill. Maybe he would have of, of used something, right? Here's, here's the thing. The Bible is the greatest study of human beings. The Bible did just happen. The Bible's happened. It, it's timeless in its impact on people. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, and it's not even close. Like, not even close, right? It's timeless, but here's the thing. It's also time, timely, meaning the Bible has this way of, even though it was written thousands of years ago, it has this way of speaking into our lives right here, right now, and to be exactly what we need to hear. And that's how, how, that's how I know as we walk through this book, stuff that Paul wrote a couple thousand years ago to a church he planted in Philippi is going to speak to you 2,000 years later in a church, in a theater in Newport News, Virginia. Why? Because the Bible is timeless and timely. Secondly, all scripture is inspired, meaning we believe every word in this book is inspired by God, that God gave it to us to speak to us and challenge us, change, change us. He knew what we needed. Here's, here's, here's the thing, right? Second uh, Timothy says this, and Paul actually wrote this to Timothy, who was one of his pastoral, prote to one of his pastoral protégés that he was training and one of the things he said to them was this. He said, all scripture is God-breathed. And what that means is inspired, meaning it's filled with God. Uh, and it's useful for what? Teaching, rebuking. Y'all are quiet, quiet today. Y'all can talk. Y'all can respond just to let y'all know, okay? You don't, you don't, you don't got to be quiet. Or maybe you're sleeping. Maybe you're struggling like I am. Maybe January 2nd is a hard day, okay? Let's say it's useful for what? Teaching, rebuking. Not, not all of us like that word rebuking. Correcting, uh, this is United States. My truth is the truth. I don't submit to any other truth besides myself. Well, actually, as a Christian, you've got a higher truth. And training, I love how Paul throws this word in their training because he says, essentially, the word of God is not for your entertainment. It's for you to be equipped. And even so, when it comes to even the purpose of church, it's not to come in on a Sunday and have the church, the pastor, the worship team entertain you. It is for you to be equipped, to put tools in your hands, to then go and leave and be sent and go and make disciples as you are being discipled. This book is to help correct us, teach us, don't rebuke us, and train us. Why? So we can be equipped. And we believe that as we walk through this book, these four things are going to happen. Some of you going to be like, ouch, that hurts, right? 
But, but here's the thing, right? And, and, and just to put this on there, right? Don't say that God isn't speaking to you if you have a closed Bible. So many people complain they don't, they don't hear God's voice. And what I would say is most of the people that say that have got a closed Bible. The Bible isn't the only way that God speaks to us, but it is the standard by which God speaks to us. Where you can have someone say, God told me to punch you in the face. I, it's like, so, you know, but it's like, I just don't know if God would tell you that because I, I don't see a kind of a standard here. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and, and so like, but, it's, but at the same time, some of you feel like God is silent and you have a closed Bible. And what I would say is the pathway and one of the ways that God starts to, to, to teach you and you start to discern and hear his voice is when you start to know his word. And, and so that, that is why also, too, one of the things is, is, as, is as we're going through this series is you're going to learn how to study the Bible. Y'all, this is a treasure trove. And what I've seen the people that grow in their faith the most and the quickest are those that latch on to God's word the quickest. And that say, I want to learn, I want to grow, I, w- I want to dig in. So honestly, as we're going through this series, my hope and prayer is that you would even pick up ways on how to study the Bible. So instead of saying, I'm coming on Sunday to study the Bible, which is good and necessary, and, we, and, and as the church we gather, but also too, you can say Monday through Saturday, you can pick the fork up and start to feed yourself. Because honestly, that's the thing. So many Christians, they want to come and be fed on Sunday. What I've heard, well, I'm just not being fed. And here's the thing. I get that, but only children say that. Those, though, here's the thing. We want to feed you. I'm going to preach you the word of God, definitely. But at the same time, part of you growing in your faith is learning how to pick up a fork and feed yourself. And part of that is learning how to read this book. Say, John, it's hard. It's so thick. And Well, that's, I mean, have you heard of something called the internet? And here's the thing, here's the thing, right? I'm not bashing. This is a confusing book. I get it. But what I'm saying is, is that scripture even says you have to study to show yourself approved, meaning that there will be some work that you will have to do in order for something to come out of it. But I think sometimes we just expect God to drop the word of God to us out of the sky when honestly it's more like digging up gold. Where you, where, where you got to dig some. You, you got to get in there, and you, well, you got to start off, we'll start off with some stuff you don't understand. Like, I remember the, one of the things that scared me when I first became a Christian is I was reading the Gospels, and Jesus said, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I, and I was like, oh, my God, Pharisees are more righteous. Like, I had no concept of what I was reading. The Pharisees are like just these people that did stuff for God, that just did all of these like rituals like but i had no context of what was going on so it, but but it but it was like now but now i get it as i've gotten in study you're, you're going to read stuff in the bible you don't understand but don't let that deter you know you're digging up gold all right also too what i what i love about going through stuff verse by uh about going through stuff verse by verse you can't skip stuff you know how some, sometimes us preachers, we can be good at talking about some stuff and leaving some stuff out? Because it can, it can kind of be like, well, I don't know how, how people are going to take that. And just, just want to let you know, this is harder work for me. Because I would much rather just be able to cherry, cherry pick verses. But now we're going through it, and there's going to be some tough things to walk through. There's going to be some tough things that we're going to have to walk through and teach through and be corrected and rebuked. And, and trained, but honestly, I believe as we do the hard work of digging up gold, God is going to show himself in a powerful way to you. 
and that God is going to work within you. And this is the whole thought process behind this series, the work within. And one of the things that I love when we look in this book is we see Paul, who, who it, it did not make sense that this book is about joy. Because on his outside, there was no joy. There were chains. There was probably one, one meal per day, maybe one meal per day. But on the inside, he was rejoicing and joyful because his hope was not built on what he could see. His hope was built on who he knew. And that is why as we actually dig into this book, we're going to see that there is a work that God wants to do within you. So today, we're going to start in verse number two, I believe. Can we, can we put that up, the, uh, the, first, the first layer of scriptures there? Poor slide person. I'm sorry, Clarissa. This is, this is, this is, this, you know, this is going to be something that we're going to have to, like, work, work out here. But he says, you know, Paul says, this letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all, all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including church leaders and deacons. So what he's saying here, he says this, I'm writing to Christians Church leaders, and that could also be translated as pastors, elders, overseers, and deacons. So what he's saying is, is, is he's writing to, to everybody, but he's talking about a structure. So he's saying you have Christians and deacons and church leaders. One of the things that I think we absolutely miss about the purpose and power of a local church is the purpose of its structure. And I don't know if you have, you know, possibly because I'm in the, the, the Christian stream, so I hear a lot of different things from different sides and about how, like, the popular thought process is, I love Jesus, but I don't need the church. I want to let you know that is not a biblical concept. Now, now some people will say, yeah, but if we have three or four people that gather together and study the Bible, we're having church. That's called a Bible study. You, you can come together and study, and study the Bible, but the language of Paul and in the New Testament, not just here, but throughout the letters he wrote to various places and churches he planted, is there is a particular order and structure of place in the same way a family has good structure and good order. Where it's, it's structure that, that, that paves the way for things to grow higher and wider and better. Right? And, and what, what I, I have seen is this, the people will, will you know, love Jesus, but then say, I don't need the church. And what I would say is, yes, you can be saved and you can be a, a Christian, but it will be hard to grow if you are not connected together with a local church body that has a structure in place to protect you, feed you, mature you, and equip you to go and then be and do all God's called you to be. Because you can study the Bible, but is, is, there, is there someone that actually has, that, like the, that has a calling to pastor? Or is there even somebody overseeing that can kind of correct doctrine? Or that can... Kind of discern, is, is this really what God wants to say? Like, is, 
You know, here, here's, here's the thing. Bible, Bible study is good, but when you look at the language in, in Scripture, there is a structure to how things are done. And, and kind of like who does what? Who has the right to do certain things? And y'all, this is no different than the way we structure fam- families. Good, good families. If you came from a kind of structured family, and here's the thing, right? So Kristen and I, we, we, we have three boys, 10, 8, and 5. Like, I just think of what if we put our five-year-old as the boss? My God. What if we abdicated responsibility for what we were supposed to do? Or what if they said, Dad, we love you, but we don't need you? We've got our own family now. You ain't ready. You can't drive. And, 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 and really, here's the thing, right? Even, you know, and here's the thing, right? There are different family structures that have to work in different, sit- in different situations, right? And that's kind of like in the same way with the church. Here's the thing. Even church leaders and, tr- and for thousands of years have struggled to say what is the perfect biblical way of structuring the church. I'm not going to get into all the different governing structures, but, I, but what I want to tell you is, is that at LifeHouse over the past year, we have been working to put in place a structure that works for where we are at in the life of our church. Some of you might not know, we're, we're just over four years old. <laughs> so in the church world, that's really young. <laughs> we are still figuring things out. We had to see, are there people in our church that, are, that can be trustworthy and can be faithful and that we can build our, build our church. And what I want to show you really quick is what our structure looks like. I'm not going to dive into details because the best way to get details about this would be what we call life track. And so LifeTrack is kind of the way you, that if you want to formally make LifeHouse your church home and partner with us, the, we explain this more and further within LifeTrack because I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time today talking through it. But as you can see here, we have those in the LifeHouse community that call our church home. We have captains and coaches that is kind of like modern day language for deacons. So we've kind of like taken the, the, the deacon model, which simply means to like serve and kind of like, you know, and captains and coaches at our church, they, they help oversee smaller groups, teams, and, thing, and things like that. Above them, we have our staff, our pastors, and, di- and directors that love and feed and shepherd those that are captains and coaches and within our church. Then we, then we got myself as the lead pastor, which honestly, I see myself as being the lead servant. And one thing, too, that we have put into place this year that we are starting is what's called our wise counsel team, which acts as an advisory team that are people from within our church body that have been, um, that have been I was going to say confronted, but that's not the right word, asked and talked, and, and talked to and have been interviewed by our church oversight, the LifeHouse Network, and they have been affirmed. And the, the, basically, they come beside us and do exactly what their team is called, wise counsel team. It's sort of like an ad hoc eldership team that helps us lead and make decisions that are involved in the life of our church that help Carrie and myself lead this thing that we have been given by God to help steward well. But, but also, too, above LifeHouse, above myself, is the LifeHouse Network. So we just aren't a church that's just, like, rebellious and doing our own thing, and there's no one above us. We were planted by a network, the LifeHouse Network. And so I've got, so basically, I've got pastors, too. Pastor Patrick Grash in Hagerstown, Maryland of LifeHouse Church, Pastor Brandon Shank of Palm Church in Virginia Beach. They are, because here's the thing, every pastor needs a pastor. 
So it's, it's good to have a safe place that I can go when I'm dealing with things that I don't know what to deal with. I, you know, because here's the thing, I don't want to dump it on other people. How weird would it be if, if, if I called you, like, hey, I'm really struggling with this. You're, you're like, why are you telling me this? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not, good that's not good structure. It's not fair to you. So, that, so where do I, I need to go to somebody above me so I don't just dump my stuff on you, right? Because I'm not perfect. I'm an imperfect human trying to love Jesus, too. But, but I've been called to this. So here's the thing, right? This is our structure. Hopefully this makes someone sense. If you want it to make more sense, LifeTrack would be the best way. And what I would encourage you, if you already come, if you call our church home, would you, would you go through LifeTrack? And oh my God, next Sunday, right after second service, we have something called Lunch and LifeTrack. Perfect, you should come. So if you do want to come, you can actually text uh, or just do whatever that says. And we would love to feed you lunch and do life track with you and tell you about how you can partner with us to move the gospel forward. But the key point here is structure. Please don't be someone that, that, that wants to love Jesus but is not connected. That says, I love Jesus, but I don't want covering. That says, I love Jesus, but I don't want an authority. And I think because of how the, and I, let's just be candid, the church has done, and you've been in some places where the authority has not been healthy. Where they have not tried to shepherd you, they've tried to control you. Or maybe the way that they corrected you, it was, you know, like, like we, so it's like, here's the thing, but here's the thing, we're not going to be perfect. Trust me, we've already screwed up plenty, right? But at the same, same time, don't run from structure and authority just because it's hurt you. Don't let your past influence what your future needs to be. If, 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 if you got to heal, get healed. But don't let that pain keep you from what is God's best, which is, which is you being a part of a local community of faith with a structure in place that, that helps you become all that God has called you to be, a place where you can do community together, a place, because honestly, what we find is some people will come and they'll stay a little bit of time and then there will be a hiccup or there'll be a relational thing or there'll be a complete misunderstanding. And, and instead of doing the hard work of resolving it, they leave. And what people don't realize is that the way you leave is how you'll cleave. And what we find is that many times if that isn't, if, if that isn't dealt with right, that process will just be repeated at the same church or at a different church. So they'll leave, they'll go somewhere else. The moment somebody does something they don't like, they leave. And it's like our heart here is to do, is to have what Paul said here. In, in verse number five, he says, for you have been my what? Partners. Like basically saying, you have been my partners. Like you, you have been there with me as we have been working together to move this good news forward. And, and, and when we are, are looking at the way that God typically works within us and then works, th works through us, it is when we are partners in the gospel. And that is why even when we call those to call our church home, we don't call them members, we call them partners. Because we felt like member connotates privileges, partner, it connotates those that say, I just don't want privileges i want the responsibility too like i want some of some of the weight of carrying this message 
forward. And I mean, Paul, you know, and, and kind of the example that I used in first service was kind of like when, when you look at a church that's, that's partnered together and moving forward, I need some help here. So what's your name? Lorraine. Lorraine, is this your first time here? No. Lorraine, would you help me? Sure. Okay, come on. Come on up. In first service, there was a first-time guest sitting here, and I just brought him up. I was like, welcome to Lifehouse, you know. <laughs> going to be here. Marie, would you come up here and help me out? Marie Giles. Let's see. Is that Brian Charlesmo? No, no. Is that Michael Knapp? Come up here, Michael Knapp. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I called you Brian. Nick Maidman, would you come up here, bro? Do you mind? You good with COVID? I'm just, I'm just kidding. Y'all can laugh at that. But honestly, whenever we're talking about how the gospel moves forward, you can kind of just like line up here. It happens through partnership of a group of people, a community of people saying, link up with them. Hold up. I don't like this whole white black thing. No, hold up. Hold up. You come over here. No. Let go. You come over here. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> don't like that. Nah, we ain't doing that mess here. Nope. But we, we're, we're partners in this thing. We're partners in the gospel, and that's what Paul's saying. He's like, you guys have been there with me, not just wanting the benefits and privileges of the ministry I'm doing, but you have said, I want some of the responsibility. You have sown into me financially. You, you, you have partnered with me. And whenever we think about the heart that I want to see at our church is people that's, that say, we're partners in this thing. We are moving the mission and vision, not just of this church, because y'all, there's so many good churches in the 757, and we love them. We pray blessing on them. We're not competing against them. But we know that God has given us a unique niche and call in this city at this time. That we are moving the church forward, not just a church forward. But in order for that to happen, we, it's not going to be like this is the way it's got to be. Though we might look different, act different, have different personalities, different giftings. What is not different is the fact that we're linked. We're partners. And this is the beauty and the power of the church that will confuse the world. Oh, well, y'all look different, y'all vote different, and y'all still love each other? But y'all still focused on the main goal, which is moving the gospel forward? And, and y'all move? You, yep, yep, that's, that's the cue. Step. <laughs> Got a slow crowd. It's all right, it's all right. But it's like we're, we're, we're partnered together, moving towards what does Paul, Paul say? Sharing the good news of Jesus. And this is what a church partnered together looks like. We're different, different backgrounds, experiences, ages, maybe even different political parties, maybe even different throw-in, insert, whatever. But our common vision, our and this is where churches get screwed up. They they get un, they they get divided over secondary things, and that in the light of eternity don't mean jack squat. And they miss the power in partnership. They miss the power in linking up with people different than they are, and getting different experiences, and hearing different stories, 
and hearing, there's a reason why you are the way you are. I just don't want to know why, you, or I just don't want to know what you believe. Can you help me understand why? Getting into their stories. This is the beauty and power of the local church that says we want to partner together. But many of you have been in churches. You know this, right? You've got people partnered together, moving towards the gospel, and then you've got people over here linked up. opposing uh, you trying to move forward and people you know well why do we have church in a theater why don't we know why don't why isn't worship longer why don't we preach health and wealth right it's like you you've you've got people that and and and, and or 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 they're like this. They're just not like that. They're, they're just going a completely different different direction. Mike, are you okay, bro? Yeah, okay, I just want to make sure because I feel like I'm about to push you over. <laughs> but, 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 y'all, this is what we, like, the, the way the gospel moves forward is we are linked. Link up. Link up with them. Link up with them. That's right. That's right. Don't, yeah. Y'all, this is the heart of our church, and this is what we are striving for, to be one, though we're many, be one moving forward as partners in the gospel. And that's why I would say every team needs a roster. Every, every team needs to know who's on their team and what, and what role they're playing. And that's why, I'll, that's why I would encourage you, go through, go, go through life track, get our DNA, get our heart, get our vision, get our core values of what we're doing, and let's partner up in 2022, and let's move not just the vision of our church, but we believe the vision of, of Jesus forward, not just only a, not just like a, a, the vision that God has given us, and let's partner up and let's move forward. Thank you guys so much. Love you guys. Thanks, thanks for helping out. It's the power of partnership in the gospel. It's the power of partnership. It moves faster. Actually, let me say that over. Sometimes it moves slower. But sometimes if you want to move fast, go by yourself. If you want to move slower, go together. And that's what we're striving for this year is to partner together. What, what Paul moves on, he continues on right after this verse here. And then he starts talking about this work. He says, and I am certain, yes, thank you for partnering with, with me, but then he says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I felt led today to just remind you in 2022, God's going to be working on you. Like some of you, he's going to begin to work. Some of you, he's going to continue it. I, and this is funny when it says, finally finished on the day that Christ Jesus. So what Paul is saying here is, is that you're finished when you're dead. So I hope, man, the work finished this year. When you die or when Jesus comes back and the church is raptured. But what he says is that I believe God will begin, continue, and finish. And I just wanted, I felt led today to remind some of you here that your life is a lifelong construction site. There is always a sign in your heart that says under construction. Where God is continuing or beginning his work. And many times his work is longer than we want it to be. 
deeper than we want it to be, more inward than we want it to be. But as he is working, and, and here's the thing, right? We're, we are about ready to, Kristen and, and I, about, about to go into a season of renovation in our home. So we, you know, God help us. We're probably going to have to move into our family dining area like us. That'll be interesting. But we, we're going into, into a season of renovation. Renovation, And when I was thinking about how a lot of times seasons of renovation in our home are the same way that seasons of renovations look like in our lives. Where for, for some of you, you know the first step many times in, re, in renovation is this time called demo. Where you get to go in there with sledgehammers. And you get to go in there and just rip stuff out. For some of you, the work this year is going to be God demoing you. Because he can't put in something new because there's so much old. He can't put in a new mindset in, 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 in you until he tears down the old mindset. He cannot give you more money because you can't even handle what you have. He can't give you a promotion at your job because it will go to your head. And you're not ready. Here, here, here's the thing. For some of you, this year the work will be Will, will be a demo job where God will want to tear down a lot of the things you've built up yourself. But also, too, though, God might work in a, in a specific room in your heart. Because, you know, some projects, some renovations aren't a complete teardown. Some of them just work in a specific area, a specific place, like the, like the kitchen or the bathroom. Where, you, where he kind of go, goes in and, and kind of, you know, you demo that. But also, too, you're working on just one specific area. I feel like the Lord today is telling some of you here that what he's going to do within you, the work he's going to do within you is, is, is going to be a small place in your heart. Where he's going to work on one unique area. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's private sin. Maybe, maybe it's pride. But of don't, de don't devalue God working in a small place in your heart that could reap huge benefit, right? But also, too, God, God could also work in those places that, that are not seen. You know, whenever we were buying this house that we now have, one of the places where there was problems was the crawl space. It's a place that no one saw. There was moisture damage right in the middle of the house to a huge, important girder sex section. And the, and the home inspector was like, yeah, you, you're going to need to get that replaced to support the house. And I'm just thinking, how many of you here today that God wants to maybe work in places that are not seen in your life? He wants to work in those, in those deep, unseen places that it's showing public fruit in your life, whether good or bad, but the reason why is because of the root hasn't been dealt with. So maybe in 2022, you need to do the hard work of getting counseling. Well, counseling's not Christian, whatever. Have you ever seen those shirts? You need Jesus and a therapist? I want to say that's true of someone that, that has done counseling and is, still, and is still in counseling. And trying to just untangle a lot of things from my past. Old mindsets, old habits 
old relationships that you kind of have to unwind. Because some of you are wondering why the way you are, but you haven't done the hard work of your past. There's a reason you, you, you are the way you are. That's typically a combination, nurture, nature, pain. You just trying to respond to the world and trying to survive. And, you know, here's the thing, right? In this, in this book, Atomic Habits, it's a, that I would highly, highly recommend. It's a secular book, but one of the things that it, it says is, until you make the unconscious conscious, there cannot be change. And some of you have, are, are doing things really unconsciously that are deterring you that you just need to get into a season of being conscious of them. So then you could work into a season of saying, okay, how can I now work to see this thing change? So here's, here's, here's the thing, right? I don't know how God is going to work in you this year, where he's going to work in you this year. But what I want to encourage you with is that God, who began the work this year, is going to continue it. But you have to have the perspective of this is going to be a long project. Like so long until you die. So some of y'all just need to be like, some of y'all need to have some grace with yourself. You're so hard. Well, I should be further along, and I should be changing faster and quicker. And it's like, no, this change is going to be your whole life. Like, some of y'all need to stop and look at where, where you, like, some of y'all, a win for you was on New Year's Eve, you woke up sober. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> was that my wife? Okay. No, it's just, no, it's kidding. It's kidding. <laughs> but for some of you, a win was you woke up on New Year's Eve, not with some stranger in the bed with you. Like, sometimes you have to look back and thank God for who you're not instead of always looking at what you aren't yet. You just need to say, God, thank you. Like, actually have gratitude of saying, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not who I was. God, I'm not, I'm not complete. The work hasn't been completed, but I thank you, Lord. Thank you for the work that has been done. And for, and for some of y'all, practicing gratitude and acknowledging your growth will be a huge step as God is working in you this year. Because God wants to work in with you. That God wants to work in you. Paul, he goes on and, and closes this set of verses out by talking about this. He says, you share with me, and he's talking to the church in Philippi. You share with me the special favor. Everyone say that word, favor. Favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the good news. So, so Paul here is telling this church, we are together in receiving this favor from God. And I, I think some of you today, you need to be reminded that, that you have the favor of God on you. Now that word there, favor, isn't maybe what you think of favor. Because I think some of you, most of the people, when they think about favor, they think about, well, I've, I've got material possessions that show God loves me more. You know, how many of you have looked at a homeless person and been like, the favor of God's on them? Or have looked at someone less fortunate than you and, and you say, there's the favor. Because simply we always associate favor with what we see. We associate favor with what someone has. But what Paul is, is saying here and what that Greek word favor means in the Greek language, it's the word grace. So he's saying, you all share with me the special, and, and really what is grace? It's unearned favor. 
It's basically saying you are liked and loved by God for nothing you've done. Actually, in spite of what you've done. He loves you. You are his child. But this is what makes grace so powerful. It's because it cannot be bought. It cannot be earned. It is, it is not achieved. It's simply received. And that is what makes grace powerful. And Paul is like, you have received this special grace, this special favor from God that, that you have. Like, it's, it's yours. It's almost like in your home, you've, you've got an old antique whatever that is worth millions of dollars, but you don't even know it. That's, how many, that's what many Christians do with grace. We've got this treasure. This, you know, grace, it gives us balance. Why? Because grace tells you two things. You are worse than you could ever think and more loved by God at the same time. What does grace do? It keeps you from condemning yourself and it keeps you from being prideful. Grace keeps you from, I suck, I'm terrible. It also keeps you from saying, I'm awesome and great. Grace keeps you in your lane. You're not as terrible as you think you are. You're not as great as you think you are. You are, you are bad, but you are loved. That's grace. I think that's good preaching right there. I think we should give God some praise. Because this is, this is what you have, this is what, this is what when you became a follower of Jesus, you received. You received grace. You didn't earn God's favor. You, you didn't earn heaven. You didn't earn a relationship with God. You didn't earn nothing. As a matter of fact, everything you've done in your life would be the direct opposite of that. But Jesus lived the life you couldn't live, died the death you should have, lived, should have died in your place and for your sin. And because he earned it, he can give it. And, and, and he is so willing and gracious. And here's how I know this grace is not dependent on what happens out here, but what Jesus gives us in here. He's, he, he says this, we, you, you share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and defending and confirming the truth of the good news. So here's what he says. You have favor and grace, whether you are in prison or doing your purpose. Favor and grace. See, some of you think because you're going through struggles, you're, you are in a prison that the grace of God has left. That's a bunch of nonsense. Some of you think because I'm in my purpose, don't what God's called me to do, woohoo, I'm favored. Favor doesn't matter if you're in prison or doing your purpose. Grace is a position that you have before God that cannot be taken from you. Whether things are going great, you're, in, you're doing your purpose, or whether you're in your prison. Grace is something you simply receive. Here is the way that I said, if favor isn't a circumstance, it's a person. And his name is Jesus. Will you stand up with me, church? Did you guys enjoy that? You guys are kind of quiet today. It always gets me nervous. But here's the thing, right? As, as we are talking about this best year ever, the work that God wants to do is within. And I believe the work will happen with, within when you have the right structure, when, when you're connected with community. 
the work will happen as, as we are partnered together. As God is working in you, he started the work and he'll continue the work and he'll finish the work. And he works within us through his special favor, his grace. And here's the thing, right? My prayer for us is that this, is, is that this year, as we're praying that this will be the best year ever, that the work would happen within. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for today. We thank you that your desire is to work within us. Lord, you promised to. And I pray that as we begin this year, God, we would be less focused on what's happening around us and more attentive to what you're doing within us. Many times you use what happens around us to change within us, to bring change within us. I expect, instead of give us the right lenses to see that when something happens, even when something good happens, instead of saying, I earned this, I did this, we would say, God, thank you for your special favor that doesn't rely on whether I'm in prison or doing my purpose. It's all you. We are already graced. So God, my, my prayer, my pastoral prayer is kind of the same what Paul prayed. Lord, I love these people. I thank you for them. Thank you for entrusting them to, to us. And Lord, I, I pray that you would work within them. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just, I just do want you know, scripture call, we're gonna receive communion together as a church family. And we, you know, scripture calls us and says, hey, one of the things we do, we do before we receive the, the Lord's Supper together is we examine ourselves to see if we are in the faith. And so today, if you'd say, John, I, 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 before, before I receive communion today, I need to make a fresh commitment to God or I need to start a commitment to God today. And, and if that's you, I'm just, I'm just gonna count to three when I do. If you would just say yes, you don't have to shout it out. You can say quietly in your heart, whatever works for you. But we just believe that when you say yes, God's gonna do a supernatural work inside of you. And basically, we're just trying to take your hand and put it in Jesus's hand because he loves you so much. He died for you. And that's what the church is here for is, is, is to ultimately lead you to him. But right now, if you say, John, I need to make a fresh commitment to God. I, I need to make a first commitment to God today and give my life to him. When I count to three, would you just say yes? Ready? One, two, three. Amen, y'all. We're going to pray for those that said yes today. And, and what I'm going to have you do, and I'm going to have everyone join in on this prayer. Would you just repeat this prayer? Would you just re repeat this prayer right after me? And like I said, I'm just going to take your hand and put it in Jesus' hand. Pray this with me. Jesus, I give you my life. I now receive your grace today. All of it. I give you all of my sin and receive all of your grace. Thank you for this great exchange. Thank you for dying in my place and for my sin and giving me new life in Christ. So in response, I give you me, all of me. I hold nothing back. Would you change me and challenge me? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for joining us today. If you need prayer, have any questions about what you just heard, or said yes to Jesus, please reach out to us at lifehousenn.com or text 757-690-2401. We'd love the opportunity to pray for you and help guide you through the next step in your faith journey. In the meantime, we hope you'll join us next Sunday online or in person. For service times, visit lifehousenn.com.